We all know the famous celebrities of the cryptid world, such as Bigfoot, Mothman, and the Loch Ness Monster. But North America in particular is haunted by another less-known entity, Dogman. The legends of this cryptid go back well into the 1800s, and arguably even earlier than that based on Native American stories. But what is Dogman? Where is he found? How scared should we be of this werewolf-like cryptid? Welcome, welcome, welcome into yet another episode of Killing Miss and Hidden. This train just keeps on rolling, don't it? I hope everyone is living and loving life to the max. I'm your host, Brad, using my legal skills to discuss a monster this week. But don't forget, I have that prestigious certificate in cryptozoology that I'm sure makes all the women want me and all the men want to be me, right? Now, we've recently had some pretty heavy episodes. Randy Stair, Johnny Gosh, Skylar Nice, Anatoly Moskovin. So, we need a lighter episode, at least for my mental health. Hence, we are going with Dogman. You kids know I love cryptids, so that's what I'm bringing to the table this week. Before I forget, thank you all who checked out our little pod fest. I really hope that you at least enjoyed some of the shows. If you have any comments on how we can improve or what we did well with the festival, please shoot me an email, okay? Info at kmhpodcast.com. Info at kmhpodcast.com. We'd like to keep doing this every year, and if you know a way that we can make it sound better, then goodness, we want to hear it. Okay, on to this dog man, fella. So who is the Dogman? Well, it's kind of exactly what you would expect from a cryptid of this name. It's half man and half dog. Generally described as having like a human torso with dog or wolf legs and a face. It's usually described as being seven feet tall or taller and typically has blue or amber eyes. Also, it can howl as loud as a wolf, but it comes out more like a human-style scream of agony, which is so comforting and awesome to hear. Oh, and it walks on its hind legs. You know, basically, it's just something that would be horrific to run into in the woods during the dead of night. Now, legends of the Dogman are often regionalized. For example, if you search for Dogman, well... I mean, the first thing you'll come across is a series of books written by Dav Pakley that kids really enjoy. Um, but if you look for the Dogman Cryptid, you see what more of what I'm talking about. You know, you'll see articles about the Michigan Dogman or the Minnesota Dogman or the Ohio Dogman and so forth. In Wisconsin, I think they call it the Beast of Bray Road. It seems like Michigan has fought the hardest and has laid claim to Dogman more passionately than any other state. So you'll see more articles about the Michigan Dogman. Though he's often described as America's werewolf, you know, I don't know how Michigan feels about sharing their monster with the rest of the country. I think part of the reason why it's called the 
Michigan uh, dog man is because this critter was first reported by the white man, at least, in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan, specifically by a pair of lumberjacks. The next major report of Dogman came in 1937 when Robert Fortney of Paris, Michigan, claimed he was attacked by a pack of five wild dogs, though one of them kind of stood on its back legs and seemed to be the leader of the gang. Then there were multiple reports of Dogman being spotted in Monestee and Cross Village in 1967. Legend has it that Dogman appears in these 10-year cycles, always on a year ending in a seven. Most of the sightings have occurred in the northwestern quadrant of the state, at least in the lower peninsula, I think they would call it. You know, kind of the, the part um, close to Lake Michigan, kind of up from the Huron-Manistee National Forest. Roughly in that range, if you know anything about Michigan. I, I don't know anything about Michigan, but that's, that's what Google Maps uh, showed me. Because, again, we are not a geography podcast. The best evidence of the Michigan Dogman is supposedly what's called the Gable film. And it's roughly a three and a half minute long video of teenagers like playing on snowball snowmobiles out in this rural property. Someone cutting firewood. Someone uh, working on a truck. There's a German Shepherd being a good little doggy. And, you know, lots of shaky footage from the woods. It was recorded on 8mm film, so it appears to have this vintage vibe. And most folks think it was shot in the 70s. But the clip ends with the videographer, shall we say, focusing the camera on this, this strange-looking creature out in the woods. And it kind of looks like a really shaggy but very stout bear, from what I can tell. It then runs at our cameraman, and the footage ends. It was released to the internet in 2007, which is another year ending in seven. Sadly, for all of us cryptid lovers, the man who shot this footage admitted it was a hoax. He even appeared on an episode of the History Channel's Monster Quest to show how he did it. So while this is disappointing, heartbreaking, just weekend ruining... The dude kind of deserves some props because he did a good job with this hoax. Um, He showed that the bear-like creature was essentially a friend in an oversized ghillie suit who I guess was just rather adept at running on all fours. But now look, this doesn't mean that Dogman isn't real. Um, Recently, there was a DJ in Michigan by the name of Steve Cook. Well, I guess not so recently. But he released a song called The Legend on April 1st, 1987. Another seven year. As an April Fool's prank. And it it told the story about this unknown animal based on all these myths and legends he had heard growing up. He wasn't really familiar particularly with the dog man. But when the song played... He received reports from over 100 listeners who claimed to have had a run-in with the Dogman. And it soon became the most requested song on his station during the next few weeks. So a few years later, Cook released a revised edition in 1997. Another seven there. Um, And then a remix with a mandolin backing in 2007. Another seven. I need to hear the mandolin version. That sounds very soothing. Now, okay, so experts on the dog man claim that we have to understand that 
the term dog man doesn't really describe just one creature here, okay? But it's more like kind of a family of cryptids that all have similar features and behavior. For example, one version is described as the upright canine, which I call the classic dog man. And then there's another that they call the type three dog man. I don't know what type one or two is. I guess maybe the classic version is type one. But anyway, this type three dog man is built more like a Bigfoot, but it has a dog-like muzzle rather than a flat face and has uh, claws rather than like fingernails on its toes and fingers. So, you know, I would kind of describe the classic looking dog man as more of a werewolf looking creature. Whereas that type three thing looks like a gorilla that walks upright with a canine head. And both forms are said to be, you know, active at night. Almost all the sightings of dogman end with the witness being run off. Fortunately, there are very few reports of a dogman attacking and injuring a person. Now, despite Michigan laying claim to this creature, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but dogman sightings have occurred all over the world. The vast majority are in North America, with Europe coming in second, but no continent is safe from dogman's reach, except Antarctica. Now, in the U.S., it's interesting to me that there's only two states that have not reported a dogman sighting. Hawaii, which, you know, that one makes sense. It's a series of islands. It's hard for dogman to swim that far. And South Dakota, which just seems totally illogical, that's should be a breeding ground for these things. Okay, so we've covered Dogman 101, right? But w- let's go back in time. We're gonna. There's legends of this dogman-like creature in a lot of Native American lore, and of course, each tribe has their own telling of the story. But there's the Thompson tribes up in Canada who have their own version. With the I, I can't pronounce this. I'm sorry. I looked for how to pronounce it, but This particular tribe, which is spelled U-T-A apostrophe M-Q-T, kind of has what's considered the most consistent, all-encompassing version of this story. So here's that legend. It starts off with a story that there is a beautiful woman who lived near the mouth of the Fraser River in what would be modern-day British Columbia. Now, despite her beauty... She refused all offers of marriage. One night, a strange young man visited the woman and spent the night with her. She kind of fell for him immediately, and since she didn't know who he was, she was clever, and she said, I'm going to mark this fellow so I can find him the next day. So as they're sleeping, she kind of secretly covers her palms with this red paint substance and, you know, gives a loving embrace as they sleep which really was intended to leave the red marks on his lower back, I guess where our kidneys would be. Next morning, as she thought, she woke up alone. And so she left her house and went out into the village to see who she had actually met the night before. She pranced all around, looking and looking and looking, but she saw no man with red markings along his back. Disappointed, she decides she's going to stop by her parents' house to see what they're up to. But before she can even get to the outskirts of the house, she sees her mom outside feeding her father's dog. 
and the dog has red marks on its back. The mom is complaining loudly about someone painting the dog as a prank, but the girl knows what really happened, and she's deeply ashamed and runs home crying. In due time, she gives birth to 11 puppies. The people of her village weren't real accepting of this, and uh, they became angry. They made the girl and her puppies outcasts, and they about beat that poor dog to death over this. Later that day, when the villagers were busy doing what villagers do, that dog kind of dragged itself off in the woods, many thought to die. But while it was in the woods, it turned into a man, and in this form, it began treating his own wounds. Meanwhile, the girl's sitting there with these 11 pups and doesn't know what to do, but they are getting hungry. So she decides that that night she's going to go out to the beach to dig up some clams for them to eat. Now, as she's coming back in the dead of night, she hears this weird singing coming from inside her house. And the song is something along the lines of, she thinks we are dogs, but we are children. So when she began to enter her house, the pups quickly grabbed their skins and changed back to little dogs before they could be seen. They had posted a lookout who gave them warning. However, the, the woman noticed, you know, on the floor, there's these kind of dirty footprints that look more like toddler footprints than dogs. And, you know, they're all sitting there, I'm sure, looking guilty like uh, a Disney pup would when she says, you know, it's strange that you are dogs and so you give no warning nor tell when strangers are dancing about my house. The next night, Again, it's feeding time. Again, she's going to go get some clams, but she decides, you know what? I'm going to figure out what's going on with this mess. So she goes out to the beach, and she kind of forms this crude mannequin where she puts her robe on it, uh, ties a torch to its hand so it looks like she's standing out there, and then she sneaks back towards her house. As she's stealthily approaching, she notices that one of the pups is kind of serving as lookout. And she can hear the dancing and singing going on inside. So as soon as she was close enough, she jumped on the lookout and drug the lookout and herself into the house to see children dancing about and these dog skin pelts laying on the floor. The children raced to their skins, but the girl was quicker. She snatched them up and then threw the skins into the fire. Those which returned to their skins, which was only one, instantly became a puppy again. But the other 10 who lost their skins to the fire were forced to remain as children. Now, meanwhile, the former dog, now turned man, was looking for his family. As a man, he was a handsome man and a capable man. He killed many goats and deer as he searched, and he carried with him large quantities of meat and fat. During his trek, he learned that some of the villagers had been leaving fish for the girl in secret which he found to be very generous. So he rewarded those families by secretly leaving slabs of fat at their ha houses. The girl's grandmother, more than anyone else, pitied the girl and actually had a trained crow who could fly and deliver fish to the girl. So in return, the man caught the crow and gave it fat to deliver back to the grandmother. The villagers 
realizing that the girl must be doing very well for herself since they're rewarding them with all this valuable animal fat, came to visit. And when they got there, the man had already appeared, met his family, and I guess they decided that they were going to be an item. And so they had this big old cookout for everybody. They were fed by the dog man with all the meat he had gathered, and peace kind of returned to their worlds. The ten children grew up to be extremely handsome slash pretty men and women who all married quickly. And that's the legend of where the dogmen came from. Now we're going to jump into some modern day tales. This is the fuel that continues the dogman legends to keep alight. So we're just going to jump right in. Since this legend is owned by Michigan, it only makes sense, of course, that we start in the UK. Colin Keatley reports having two separate uh, uh, events where he ran into the dogman. The first occurred in October 4th, 1990, no seven there, while he was backpacking from East Hall to Hornsey. Again, Google Maps educating me shows that this is a trip that would take about 56 hours on foot. During his journey at around 8.30 p.m. one night, he reached a park where he saw something odd. All right, I have a quote from him, and I so badly want to do it in an accent, but there's just no way it's going to come out well, so I'm going to skip that. But he said, quote, I kept looking at it like, is it a cow? Is it a deer? I thought it looked just like a dog on its back legs. And then I thought, hold on, where's its front legs? So at this fateful moment, one of Keatley's friends just happened to pass by. And Keatley pointed to where the strange creature was, but the friend couldn't see anything. This kind of started an obsession for Keatley. He constantly remained on the lookout for this creature. And then it kind of came to a head in his life in 2005 when he said, you know what? I'm tired of wondering about this. I'm tired of screwing around. I'm going to go hunt this sucker down. So again, he goes on a backpacking hike. And he's just kind of wandering at random in the area where he saw the dog man. While he was in some private woods, he came across... A big old pile of poop. And he was convinced that this had to be dogman poop. I don't know why. I'm not an expert on poop. Maybe Keatley was, but regardless, we'll accept him at his word that this was dogman poop. Maybe he just had this spiritual connection with dogman. I, I don't know. Regardless, he turned out to be right. Because as he examined the mountain of dung, he felt something. Okay, not in, he wasn't digging through it. He didn't physically feel something. He, he, he felt, you know, like, okay. He turned around and saw this human in the woods kind of watching him, spying on him. And he yelled at the fella, but the guy didn't give a response. Then he noticed another odd smell, one that I assume overcame the smell of poop. Keatley then noticed that this other person had hunched down on all fours. Uh, knowing what he was dealing with, Keatley just slowly backed away, but this humanoid shape slowly crept forward. When this was happening, Keatley started walking backwards even more quickly, just to see the creature keeping pace. When he finally reached the edge of the forest, 
Keatley turned around and got a nice, good look at this creature. And he could describe it only as huge and hairy. And in his mind, determined once and for all, it was truly Dogman. Okay, now we'll give Michigan some love, okay? A man with the last name Gillespie was told a story by two friends who went fishing on Claybank Lake in 1967. Seven! After fishing for a spell, the two decided that, you know what? We're just going to relax. We've got no boss telling us what to do. We don't have our wives nagging us. The kids don't want attention. Let's just enjoy the sunlight, shall we? So they laid down in their little boat and just were lazy as they could be. When one of them saw a dog that was swimming towards them. Now, they, they both had dogs, and so they weren't concerned about this. But the dog, as it was getting closer and closer, instead of it looking like a coonhound like they thought, it was some sort of breed they just couldn't recognize. In fact, as it got closer and closer, they noticed it was swimming more like how a human would swim rather than a dog. So they started to kind of row their boat away from the dog because they were getting a little freaked out by it. But the dog picked up its pace and that kind of scared the crap out of them. So they started to hightail it. And as they frantically began rowing towards the shore, they realized that this was no dog. This was Dog Man. Fortunately, they managed to elude the cryptid. No details were provided about where Dogman exited the water. But they must be a heck of a rowing team. All right, another one from Michigan, out of respect. An unidentified person. I'm going to refer to the person as a he because I think a woman would have been smarter in this situation, but I could be wrong. Regardless, this man reported driving on a dirt road when he spotted a strange-looking animal on the right side of the road. He slowed down to get a better look at the animal as it dug through bags of garbage that were left on the side of the road. And so, you know, at this point, as I'm reading, I'm hoping that the story ends with a giant trash panda. Spoilers, it, it doesn't. So our anonymous storyteller here describes the animal as being very large, exceptionally muscular, but with short fur. So I guess a hairy hulk. And even though it was bent over, the driver declared that the creature had to be well over seven foot tall. When it finally looked up from its garbage dinner, the driver described the face as having these awful red eyes. And that the face was kind of smaller than you would expect, but it had these teeth that were, I mean, the teeth were huge. And the ears, the ears looked just like that of a Doverman's. The dogman studied the car for a moment before doing what dogman does and leaping at it, snarling, trying to attack it. This driver insists the creature looked like a mix between a man and a doberman that were dumped inside the frame of a bear, and then a few handfuls of daggers were smashed in there to serve his teeth. Apparently, our driver got away safely, I'm happy to report. Okay, now to prove that we've got some international stories, let's hop down to Brazil, okay? This story came out in 2011, no seven, when the people of this small town 
claimed they were being terrorized by a werewolf. And it would kind of hunt at night, and it liked hunting their livestock. Rumors insisted that some of the men who were investigating this had found this disheveled-looking woman who was walking in the woods and wouldn't accept aid from anybody, would try to hide from humans, almost as if she was scared or ashamed. But this was the, the person that was transforming into this werewolf every evening. And that changed how the entire town operates. Apparently, even to this day, if the story's to be believed, people don't go out alone at night. Kids aren't allowed to play by themselves. Everybody pairs up. And because of this, it's caused a decline in uh, patronage at the local bars. So they're not real happy with this. But all right. And the last one, again, we'll keep it international. We'll go to, how about... How about New Zealand? We never visit New Zealand, so we're going to go there for this last story. A woman there reported seeing this seven to eight foot tall creature that seemingly walked on its back two legs and had two arms that were sticking out, but with paws at the end instead of hands. Gray, shaggy fur, and it had this face like a wolf, but with a bigger snout than you would expect. Its ears also looked a lot like wolf ears. For whatever reason, it never noticed the woman and her husband, and it just kind of sauntered into the woods and disappeared. For some reason, I don't know why men are so stupid, but the husband decided to give chase, but never found it. The woman said, you know, look, the lighting was good, even though it was kind of dark, and I was only 30 feet away. I know what I saw. So that gives you a fair overview of the Dogman Cryptid. If you're interested in learning more stories, check out the website dogmanencounters.com. It's in the show notes as always. But they've got this really, really cool tool. It's a map and it's got, you know, the little pins in it where a anytime a dogman's reported, they pin it on this map. And literally when you click on it, it'll bring you up the story and then the source where it came from. So you can read the actual newspaper articles if you want to. And if nothing else, it's cool to see what's been reported in your neck of the woods, unless, you know, you live in South Dakota. So the Dogman legends are interesting to me because they kind of like fill this gap between Bigfoot and Skinwalkers, I guess. Um, and they also serve as the potential basis for the werewolf stories we all heard growing up. So the ultimate question, of course, is, is the legend true? Does Dogman really exist? Well, I'm, I'm not one to answer that question. I, I like cryptids too much. I'll be honest, I don't believe in a lot of cryptids, but I'm rooting for them to be real. So I think that would be my answer, but the best way to describe my feelings on this situation, you know? And if you're listening, I'm here for you, Dogman. You need anything, just shout. That's our story on Dogman. I hope it was at least entertaining for you. If you've ever encountered Dogman, send me an email, please. I, man, I'd love to hear that story. And if we get enough of them, of course, we'll read them on air. But let's jump on over to our palate cleanser. Okay, so since we're talking about Dogman, the joke has to be about a dog. That's the rules of our curator, not mine. So Mr. Eli offers this one up. 
Why did the dog walk into the saloon? He was looking for the man that shot his paw. You get it? I like it. You get it. See, paw is in foot instead of paw is in dad. It's a good one. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't even know. Okay. It's good. We're done. We're wrapping it up. Thank you for the listen. We really appreciate it. As always, you can follow us on Instagram. You can join our Facebook group. We're now selling merchandise at our website, kmhpodcast.com. So go check out those wares. If you really love us and you want to make sure we stay in business, such as it was, please consider supporting us via our Patreon, which we can be found under the name KMH Podcast. I mean, any support goes a long way. It was because of our Patreon donations that we were able to get the storefront going because I know folks have been asking about merch. As always, though, the best thing you can do to help our show is share it. I mean, share it with your friends, your lovers, your classmates, your workmates, your neighbors, your mailman. Brag about us on your social media accounts. Tell, go tell the trolls on Reddit why we are so awesome. Even just leaving a five-star rating on Apple with a kind review really helps us out. Other platforms, not so much, but Apple really drives a lot of traffic our way. All right, I'm gonna, that's it for this week. Do remember, we really do appreciate y'all and love y'all. You really make our day by listening to this podcast. Please go do something nice this week, as I always say, even if it's just buying a stranger a coffee. Even, you know, just something nice to make the world a little brighter. It's, it's just like ACDC saying, right? Good ladies, they're done for free. All right, I'll see you people on the flip side. Brad out. Thank you for listening to Kellen Missing Hidden. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share. Questions? Email us at info at kmhpodcast.com.